0: What's up, Dolphins? Welcome in to the Tuesday, October the 16th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football, and on today's show, we dive into the aftermath with the help of Pro Football Focus, we'll relay all the key data points, snap counts, and much more from Sunday's win, who shined, who didn't, plus what the hell is going on with Ryan Tannehill's shoulder, other injury news, and Miami's new secret superstar, a defining moment for Kenyon Drake, and much, much more on this very busy Tuesday podcast, but first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a review, give me a follow on Twitter, at Wingful NFL, follow the show at Lockdown fins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the LockedOn Network. We have content every single day for you guys up there. And last but not least, the other LockedOn Sports family of podcasts, like the LockedOn Heat podcast and On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have some roster and injury news to get to. Let's go ahead and bring on the Mad Dog. All right. And the first bit of news is that Sam Young, the much maligned offensive tackle of the Miami Dolphins, is back. He has re-signed to give the Dolphins more depth, I suppose, after his nightmare performance against the Cincinnati Bengals. And to bring him back, Maurice Smith, the safety, he was waived in the process. I imagine he might try to come back on the practice squad, but for now, Maurice Smith gone off the Miami Dolphins roster. Other roster news as it pertains to the injuries, it sounds like cornerback Bobby McCain could make his return on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, and with all those pass options they have, would be very critical to get him back onto the field and take away Tory McTyre or Cordrea Tankersley. McCain did participate in last Friday's practice, albeit in a limited role. And we have to imagine if he practices a couple of times this week, he should be good to go for the game on Sunday. Cameron Wake actually had a microscopic knee surgery on that injured left knee of his. It sounds like he's trying to come back this week against the Lions as well, but he'll probably be a game time decision. We will know more as we get closer to the game and as practices begin to occur over the course of the week. And then, of course, that quarterback injury that's a very hot topic. And we're actually going to kick off today's show with talking about Ryan Tannehill's shoulder. That's another Miami Dolphins. And as it pertains to Ryan Tannehill's shoulder, the biggest concern I have is the comment Adam Gaze made on his Monday press availability where he said, I'm confident Tannehill will play again this year. And while that sounds encouraging from the fact or the standpoint that he sounds like he'll be ready to go at some point, not a season-ending injury, which in all honesty probably ends Ryan Tannehill's run as a guaranteed starter in the NFL. I don't know that if he missed this season with an injury, if anybody's going to sign him with the thought of starting him as quarterback, and that's kind of why I'm encouraged, because he has to know that in the back of his mind, and during that game on Sunday, he sure as hell did not look like a guy who thought his season was in jeopardy, and by proxy, his career in jeopardy at that point. And we covered Gaze's post-game press availability on yesterday's podcast. And the mood continues to be pretty perplexing for all of us. It is Tuesday. We should know more tomorrow on Wednesday. They're calling it day-to-day right now, but it just still seems really weird. I can't quite place Gaze's frustration with the media. It probably is the media, but again, I go back to the comment about how he'll play again this year. I don't know. That just seems dubious to me. So where do they go from here if it is Brock Osweiler going forward? Well, whether it's Osweiler or Tannehill, the game plan on Sunday at least reverted back to where it was in 2016 when this offense did have success. And that offensive game plan centers around my new secret superstar. And back in 2016, I wrote a column about Marquise Gray called Secret Superstar. And now the 2018 version is essentially his replacement, tight end Nick O'Leary. I talk all the time about how this Dolphins offense wants to be multiple. They want to give you similar looks from different packages and different personnel groupings. Well, Nick O'Leary opens up another section of the playbook that was shut down when Gray got injured. It's actually the most efficient package in the playbook. The 12 personnel with that tight end slash H-back slash fullback role offering all the versatility, allowing Miami to run or pass from that formation and do it in effective ways that can beat defenses who are off balance and in the wrong package themselves. And this package behooves Brock Osweiler but not quite as much as it does Tannehill because we all know that Ryan Tannehill throughout his career has been a great play-action quarterback and much, much more effective in his career working from under the center opposed to the shotgun and what Adam Gaze wants his offense to be. He might have to wait until he finds a new quarterback to do that, but in the interim, operate this offense with Nick O'Leary as your move piece and with the quarterback under center and that could be the cure to some of the Dolphins' lack of plays or three-and-out woes they have experienced this season. On Sunday, O'Leary had a clean sheet, no pressures, in 35 pass-blocking reps. He was terrific digging out defenders in the split zone or the outside zone in the running game. Whatever he was asked to do, he did it well, even ran some lead plays. Marquise Gray was a big loss this offseason, but O'Leary has provided Miami with a much, much much-needed lifeline, filling in that absence, and hopefully, hopefully, getting this Dolphins offense on track and more consistent from week to week with a balance in the running game and the passing game and continuing to move the sticks and keep third downs manageable. And speaking of that improved third down offense and just overall improvements from the team in general, we're going to talk about all the key data from the game next in the podcast, including Miami's lights out red zone defense. And we'll do that next. But first, a word from my bookie. And as I log on to Twitter every single day and check my inbox for messages, I get asked about advice all the time. Usually it's about which team should I bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you need to check out my bookie because remember who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet you'll make all season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And since my bookie is currently slammed with brand new betters and wants to give everyone the best possible service if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m eastern time they'll give you an additional 25 dollars free play on deposits over 100 join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when using promo code locked on, that's one word locked on to activate that offer Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code On when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play money. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m. Eastern, grab that extra $25 free play by using promo code On 25 One word, Locked On 25 It's up to you. But if it were me, I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra cash at MyBookie where you play, you win, you get paid. We are still in victory mode here on Lockdown Dolphins Podcast, the Tuesday, October the 16th podcast, and we're going to talk about the Dolphins stats, the pro football focus, pro football reference, all the data from that game you ever want to know about, and we're going to start things off first with Miami's Lockdown Red Zone defense, which I was surprised to see this. Not because they haven't made the big plays. We all know they've made the big plays in the red zone getting takeaways, but the average points per red zone visit for the opposing team is 2.88 points per red zone visit. 17 trips into the red zone, 7 touchdowns, 0 field goals, and the other 7 takeaways for the Miami defense. They had 2 stops on 4th down, 1 fumble recovery, and 4 interceptions. This red zone defense is getting teams off the field thwarting them for zero points and averaging less than a field goal per red zone drive for the opposition. That's how you win games. The ultimate bend, but don't break. We've seen the New England Patriots for years and years and years give up a lot of yards, but you get into the red zone, they clamp down. The big key to that, Minka Fitzpatrick, the ultimate move piece, the ultimate red zone matchup piece, taking away tight ends, taking away the boundary, taking away the flat routes the teams love to run. This run defense has been great down there as well, allowing just 2.8 yards per carry in the red zone. So Minka Fitzpatrick, solid run defense, healthy safeties, everything going well for the Dolphins down in the red zone on defense. And let's stick with that defense and talk about their numbers from the game. I think these numbers are skewed because of just how banged up this Dolphins defense is right now. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. Four left defensive ends were basically off the roster for yesterday's game. Cameron Wake, Charles Harris... William Hayes, and then Jonathan Woodard left the game mid-game. But this defense now ranks 26th in total defense, 22nd in yards per play, 26th against the pass, and now 21st against the run, and 17th in scoring in that game. Super, super thin. These guys want to run an eight-man rotation on that defensive line. They didn't have all the bodies available. Jamius Pittman even got in the game. He's a practice squad call-up. He had 17 reps. Vincent Taylor had 30 inside. Devon Godshaw had 48, and Akeem Spence had 42 On the edge, Robert Quinn and Andre Branch both played 50 snaps. Cameron Malveaux, 32, and Jonathan Woodard, 12. So they are trying to get those bodies in, trying to keep guys fresh. At linebacker, Kiko played every rep, all 70. Jerome Baker out-snapped Rayquan McMillan again, 44-39. Three defensive backs played all 70 snaps, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, and Xavier Howard. Minka Fitzpatrick had 56 reps. Torrey McTire had 40, and Cordray Tankersley, 29 in this game. Vincent Taylor continues to rack up numbers and stats. He is the 19th overall graded interior defensive lineman. He has a 14.9 run stuff percentage that is .3 points better than Jarrell Casey, the all pro for the Tennessee Titans, and good for third best in the NFL. Devon Godshaw currently the 19th highest graded run defender among interior defensive linemen Cameron Malveaux actually had the highest grade among Dolphins D linemen in the game yesterday or I should say on Sunday he checks in with a 73.1 grade there all three of the linebackers had rough days despite the takeaways and the turnovers all of them graded out with F's according to PFF's grading system Xavier Howard was completely lights out he had three pass targets allowed one catch for four yards so they did nothing on him TJ McDonald had the best grade among Dolphin defenders. He had two pass targets in his direction, a seven-yard catch and in the interception, of course. Rashad Jones, five tackles, two run stuffs, no passing allowed against him. And slot corner Minka Fitzpatrick is now third best in the NFL in regards to passer rating allowed from the slot cornerback position, and Tory McTire's rough, rough day, it wasn't good. In the numbers, wasn't good on film, wasn't good anyway. You splice it, 126 yards on six targets, five catches, one touchdown. Mitch Trubisky had a perfect passer rating when going after Tory McTire in that game flipping things over to the offensive side of the football the snap counts were pretty interesting actually we all know that Brock Osweiler quarterback played every rep in the game all 78 snaps kenyon drake outrepped frank gore 49 to 30 And we're going to cover that in the C-Block, the next segment on the podcast here. Danny Amendola, for the first time, outrepped Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills has led the team in snaps every game until now. Amendola plays 75. Kenny Stills plays 67. Albert Wilson gets 50, a season high for him. And Jakeem Grant plays 31. Devontae Parker played just four snaps in this game, had one pass target, and it was picked off. I think the writing is on the wall for Devontae Parker. Nick O'Leary plays 52 snaps to Mike Gusecki's 27, and Durham Smythe had five in the game. The offensive line was terrific in this game. They allowed Osweiler to be hit just two times on 50 dropbacks, eight total pressures, but only two of those were hits. Zero sacks, obviously. The other six were hurries in the game. The offensive tackles, Jawan James and Laramie Tunzel, were fantastic. Jesse Davis as well. All three of those guys allowed one hurry in the game. Zero hits, zero sacks. Travis Swanson had one hurry and one hit allowed, and the tight ends Nick O'Leary and Mike Kosicki both had clean sheets in pass protection. These guys were fantastic. James and Tunzel were great in the ground game as well. Tunzel had his second highest graded run blocking game this season while James had his best mark, and Laramie Tunzel is now the 16th overall graded pass blocking tackle in the league according to Pro Football Focus and the 19th overall tackle according to PFF. As far as receivers go, Albert Wilson absolutely stole the show in this game. He is now third in the NFL in yards per route ran behind Deshaun Jackson and Julio Jones. He has 138 yards after the catch in yesterday's game, the single highest mark this entire season. And his 335 yards after the catch in 2018 are tops in the NFL. 86 yards more than second place Antonio Brown. And Wilson is the 12th highest graded receiver on PFF in the entire NFL. Danny Amendola moved the chains big time yesterday. He had eight catches on 10 targets. Three of those moved the sticks twice on third down. Frank Gore had five yards after contact per average in Sunday's game and he now has 3.29 yards after contact that is 17th best in the league for the season Brock Osweiler while the stats looked pretty good his PFF grade was not 56.6 and ironically he just one spot ahead of Ryan Tannehill 38th best in the league for that one game and his grade and this Dolphins offense for as much as you want to talk about it they got the job done on Sunday got the victory and were the driving forces for that victory And the general hope going forward is this offense continues to build on that and plays better as the year goes along. And one player I only mentioned briefly, despite having a good showing prior to his fumble, was Kenyon Drake. Next on the podcast, we're going to talk about how this might have been a career-altering moment for Drake. And we'll do that after a word from Blue Chew. And much in the way the Dolphins' offense improved their performance, guys, you can now too when it comes to the bedroom. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue, not red. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, whether you fumble the ball going into the goal line or make the game-winning kick Blue Chew has you covered. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LockedON, that's one word, locked on, try it free. Again, that's B L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast finishing up on the Tuesday, October the 16th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We talked about all the key data points. We wrote about it up on LockedOnDolphins.com. We'll have the Brock Osweiler chart for you guys any minute here now, depending on when you listen to this podcast. We'll have all that content for you guys up on LockedOnDolphins.com, as well as the podcast as the week goes along. We'll get you guys updated on injury reports, everything you need to know going into the Detroit Lions game. And speaking of that Detroit Lions game, I want to talk about a player that I think could make a positive step in the right direction in his career as he kind of came to a crossroads in that overtime period. I'm talking of course about Kenyon Drake he had three yards on six carries in back-to-back weeks against the Oakland Raiders and New England Patriots. And the ageless wonder himself, Frank Gore, began to outperform and even outrep Kenyon Drake in those games. A huge development as far as the future of the backfield is concerned in Miami for the Dolphins with Adam Gaze. And we thought Drake was going to have this huge year. Go back to the preseason and over the last five games of 2017, he was literally good for one 30 plus yard play per game. Literally eight for eight. Eight games, eight big plays. This year hasn't started out as he and we all would have hoped but the last two games, he's gotten a cranking just a little bit. He has 189 yards from scrimmage in those games and a touchdown. Nothing earth shattering but certainly better than the single digit numbers the previous two games. Then Then he has that big mistake. And we all saw the tears. We all saw the towel covering his head. This is clearly an emotional guy who wears those emotions on his sleeves. But sometimes that emotion can really swing things positively for a team. I don't want to go back on this, but Jarvis Landry provided some positive boost in that way when he was with the Dolphins. And I think, I hope that's what we saw on Sunday when the Dolphins ended up winning that game anyway. First, Adam Gaze's message to go right back to Drake after that fumble has to have resonated in that Miami Dolphins locker room. Was Frank Gore too tired to go? Maybe, but even that spells out a silver lining as Drake outrepped Gore 49-30 to in this game. We have to know that Frank Gore is not going to be a bell cow at this stage of his career. Miami needs, must have, Kenyon Drake for this offense to function properly his asset as a pass catcher out of the backfield is huge primarily on that swing pattern against those third down blitzes it is so key to get that speed on the edge and make the defense create more spacing make them create or commit bodies to the flat and open up lanes inside as well as outside in that blitz package very very important that Kenyon Drake stays a main focal point of this offense so bottling up all of Kenyon Drake's emotion that he felt The togetherness that we saw from both Frank Gore and running backs coach and running game coordinator Eric Stuttersville, both giving him props, lifting him up off the turf and telling him, hey, young man, it's going to be all right. We won the game. You'll be fine. Just learn from this. I think that eventually goes a very long way. I think this is when Kenyon Drake starts performing like we expected he would. And I think it starts this week against the Detroit Lions with a huge, huge day. And speaking of those lines, we'll have the crossover podcast for you guys tomorrow. And as always, the preview podcast on Thursday. And of course we'll wrap things up on Friday with the Twitter mailbag. But as for this podcast, the Tuesday version of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, that is going to be my time guys. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.